Welcome to the Wild and Free Podcast, Episode 81. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week we're talking with Robin Robertson of Honey um, Homeschooling the Kids about giving our older children the freedom to guide their own learning. We consider ourselves unschoolers or eclectic learners, natural learners. So uh, really, you know, our learning life looks very much like living. And our we don't divide our days into subjects unless, of course, our kids say, you know what, I want to work on this math project or I, I want to you know, build my science skills. For example, my daughter has been into the periodic table, for example. Um, but really, we support and let our kids guide their learning. Plus, we'll share about our new content bundle for the month of July, as well as a few exciting announcements. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. Wonder lives in every child. It drives them to open their eyes each morning like it's the first time they've seen the world. It causes them to try new things and sparks their curiosity to explore the world around them. It makes them run down hills, shrieking in delight, or flee from crashing waves in gleeful terror. Wonder encourages them to jump in rain puddles and chase fireflies at dusk. It provokes them to tears at the discovery of a lifeless bird and compels them to watch a spider build its web with equal fascination and fright. Wonder is found in gardens, clouds, and fields of buttercups. Wonder is the life force of learning. It's every child's birthright, the catalyst for curiosity, and the impetus for discovery. I must warn you though, wonder is not neat and tidy or perfectly packaged for the partaking. It's often messy, unorganized, and intangible. It requires us to prioritize exploration over efficiency. It asks us to respect discovery overdone. And it invites us to trust the process over the end product. Let's hold on to that holy curiosity, as Einstein called it. As mothers, we have to be curious too. We are the ones who must awaken wonder in our children. We are the ones who must research the tools to teach and raise whole children. We are the ones who must give our children fewer absolutes and more freedom to explore. We are the ones to let them be little. The ones to let them ask why. The ones to take them to the meadows and marvel at the wildflowers the ones to show them the moon and point out the stars. We are the ones who must open good books with them and read until our throats are dry. The ones to stop what we're doing and engage them in conversation. The ones to lie in the grass on our backs and spot shapes in the clouds. The ones to look up from our screens and deep into their wide eyes. We are the ones to see that the world is one giant wonder once again. Ignore the nagging feeling that you're not doing enough. The success of what we do lies in our love for our children and our commitment to seeing them grow into who they were made to be. 
The deep work of the soul happens beneath the surface, where the dew of wonder cannot be scorched by blazes of morning sunlight, and the buds of ideas cannot be trampled before they are fully formed. The daily rhythms that offer peace in an uncertain world, the familiar spaces that offer a haven to growing hearts, the deep dives that offer the chance to develop passions, the lessons learned in the slow, sun-soaked days of childhood, the imaginations formed in the magical mundane. Though the struggles are many, the blessings are countless on this wild and free journey. No, we won't get it all right. We're all human after all. We learn and grow just the same as our kids. But we can do this. We were made for this. We'll hear from Robin Robertson in just a moment. But first, I wanted to tell you about our new content bundle for the month of July called Spark. Glowing embers have remarkable qualities. Not only do they radiate heat long after the fire has gone out, but embers can be used to reignite a fire after the flames have died down. Socrates said, education is the kindling of a flame not the filling of a vessel. Our children have amazing capacity for learning, wonder, and growth. They were born to thrive, and each of them have glowing embers just waiting to be kindled. All it takes is a spark. This month's Spark Bundle is filled with handcrafts, stories, articles, tutorials, and exclusive podcasts and videos to help you rekindle the fire in your own homeschool. When you sign up this week, you'll not only get this month's bundle, but you'll also get access to all the recordings and videos from our recent Wild and Free conference in Dallas, Texas. You'll get to hear Sally Clarkson, Amber Johnston, Julie Bogart, and Elsa Uticello, among our other amazing presenters. We need to give them a legacy of learning how to think and knowing their destiny and having a sense of story and a sense of self. The ideas of beauty that form in the minds of our children are naturally wonder-filled. Kids always see life in full color, and someone else said that here today. We have to be careful not to truncate their years of sparkle with our practical notions. We are called upon not just to love our children, but to give them a thinking love, a motherly love, qualified in itself. It's intuitive and instinctive, but it is a love that reasons and discerns. And we are to do this by knowing what we are about, by employing our thinking love and discerning both the education we choose for our children and the nature of our children. It's the next best thing to being there in person. Plus, we'll give you access to last month's bundle called Wings and send you your first copy of the monthly Wild and Free print magazine to your mailbox. To get the new Spark Bundle and all these other perks, including the recent Wild and Free conference audio, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles.
Robin Robertson is an unschooling mom to two kids, a podcast host, and a public school board trustee. She started her world schooling journey in 2012, which led her to launch the podcast, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, which is a platform to share ideas, stories, and information about the joys and challenges of home education and self-directed learning. She recently spoke with Jennifer Pepito about giving our older children the freedom to guide their own learning. It's a fascinating conversation. Let's listen in. I was stalking your Instagram and I saw that your teen son, I guess he was 15 at the time, did like a six month work project. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, he was actually 14 at the time. He's 15 now. When he came back home, he had turned 15. Uh, Yeah, so he, you know, he's one of those kids from a very young age who had a really strong interest that we believed in supporting and encouraging and finding the resources that we could to support that interest. And it stayed with him over the years. And he loved animals from the very beginning and kind of everything associated with animals and the outdoors. He just you know, he just hung on to, he just was, he looked for, he wanted to access, he wanted to be present with. And really, you know, it, it changes over the years as well as they grow, but he eventually got into fishing and hunting and really kind of like survival kind of things in nature and outside. And he hooked up with a wildlife outfitters, a fishing and hunting outfitters, a guiding outfitters in Northern Alberta, Canada. And so they actually took him on as a guide assistant, an assistant to the guide. And he went and lived at the outfitters in Northern BC for six months. So he was 14 when he left. He came back, he was 15. It really was, he was a, you know, for me as the mom, he was the boy that left and came back a man in more ways than one. But it was something that my husband and I really supported. We were excited about. Of course, we have our fears as any parents do. But it, it's part of his journey that he had an opportunity to go on and learn and be part of. And it was something as home educating a home educating family that we were able to help him access and do. He had the time and space and the knowledge and experience from all of the years of pursuing his interest to do something like that. So So that's kind of a short little intro to that. (laughs) So when you let him go for that length of time, weren't you worried that he would fall behind on his school subjects or something? (laughs) <laughs> you know how I really feel about this, but, but there are parents I'm sure who are wondering. No, we weren't at all. Um, we actually unschool. We, you know, we consider ourselves unschoolers or eclectic learners, natural learners. So uh, really, you know, our learning life looks very much like living and our, we don't divide our days into subjects unless, of course, our kids say, you know what, I want to work on this math project or I, I want to, you know, build my science skills. For example, my daughter has been into the periodic table, for example. Um, but really, we support and let our kids guide their learning. So it's not broken up into subjects. My son's days really revolve around 
learning all of the things that nature offers, um, you know, animal studies, researching habitat uh, seasons, because that really affects fishing and hunting, uh, the outdoors, geography in the world. We don't look at it as subjects in that way. It's all encompassing. So, you know, the biggest concern that we wanted him to be prepared for and not fall behind on was just really understanding himself and those things like those those life learning skills like communication, um, being able to, you know, work with others, uh, the social settings of that, um, hard work, uh, knowing who you are, expressing your needs and wants, and really, you know, communicating and, and standing up for yourself as well. Self-awareness is a big thing for us as well as independence. So those were our fundamental um, concerns or things that we really wanted to support him on while he was here and away. That's so interesting. A, a, a little saying comes to mind. It's hard times make strong men, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, weak men make hard times. Mm -hmm. And in the case of your son, you know, I think, I think a lot of modern society has made us as people a little bit soft because there's a lot of comfort, but your son and you as a family chose something hard for him. How did that shape him? You know, it's, you know, I have a podcast, Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, and I recently interviewed him on the podcast about his experience. And I mentioned this because it was, you know, we had a lot of questions come in from listeners. It was very off the cuff. He didn't know the questions that were being asked. And one of the questions was something very similar to this. And it was great for me to listen to this um, as, you know, from the parent side, but he said, you know, what happened was because he was away from the comforts and away from home and he was in a situation where really he was on his own and he was, you know, he literally was in the wilderness. There was nothing around. But he said, you know, it really what I learned is that I can do hard things and that I'm capable and that I can get through what I need to get through and be OK on the other end. And that sometimes if there's something hard or a struggle, that I can work through it and be confident in that. So, you know, that was really his reflection. And I think it was, it's, I mean, for anybody, it's an, even an adult. <laughs> That's a big thing to take away, right? So, yeah. I love that so much. Um, when my some of my older children were in high school, they went and worked at a camp as a, like a history guide or another one worked for a contractor doing construction work. You know, I think that those experiences of doing things kind of alternate learning really did help them develop some social skills and some grit, which yeah. is a, a much greater indicator of success long term than like all A's in your high school classes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny because, you know, as home as homeschoolers, one of the questions that we still get, I think, is like, well, what about the socialization? How are your kids going to socialize or learn to be in the world if they don't attend school? And, you know, all of these questions around that. And the irony is, is the feedback that I got from the owners of the outfitters and from other employees there was that my son's name is Ronan, 
was that he was one of the few that was able to get along with everyone there. And, you know, their original concern was that, you know, they have, their, their clients are international clients. So they have people flying in from all over the world generally to come on these expeditions. And they have some pretty interesting characters that either work there or that fly in. And, you know, their concern obviously is like, you know, how is he going to handle this? How is he going to get along? But they said he was a one person at the camp that got along with everybody. Even when they didn't think that there would he would be able to find a commonality, he was able to do so. And even when there was a character that didn't really get along with others and they had a hard time matching them up with others, they knew if they matched my son up with them <laughs> that you know, it would, there would be no problem. It would just be smooth. So I thought that was really interesting that a big concern for people with homeschooling is that kids won't be socialized. And yet here he is going to like a place where you would think, okay, you really need strong social skills because of the diversity of people and interests and backgrounds and beliefs. And he had no problem whatsoever. Wow. I love that. And I think that's pretty typical among homeschoolers that they're not, they're, they're socialized differently and often in a, in a way that's more compatible with real life. I think high school is such an artificial environment that really, you know, pressures people to conform, to stay invisible, to definitely not be themselves. And even people who are trying to be unique end up like conforming to another unique set of it's almost like factions it's really weird Mm -hmm. yeah I think the structure of high school kind of forces that in so many ways as well right the layers of it um and and I think as well the structure of high school you know John Taylor Gatto talks about it the seven lesson school teacher right uh, you know that he really he really picks it apart in that when he talks about you know you it, you know I'm trying to think of some of the lessons that he's but you know that you have to look to an expert to tell you what to do the social order that you know your place is one of the big things that he talked about and that the, there's a pyramid and once you are at a certain place on the pyramid, it's really hard to move on that pyramid and that there is people above you and people below you, depending where you are. But then the structure of school enforces the levels of that pyramid as well. And it does so with, you know, top down authority, but at the same time with the social structure of the peer groups as well, that really, um, you know, force you to, you know, look down on others or to look up to others and be kind of stuck with where you want to go or are able to go. We'll be back with Robin and Jen in just a moment. But I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about something special happening in the Wild and Free community. Wild and Free group leaders are the unsung heroes of this beautiful homeschool community. Fostering real-life friendships through nature hikes, handcraft fairs, book clubs, meetups, and so much more. Group leaders not only homeschool their own kids, but also provide community for wild and free families all over the world. But even leaders need to be filled up every now and then. Which is why we're hosting a special retreat weekend just for them at the Wild and Free Farm Village in Virginia on October 14th through 16th. If you're a part of a local wild and free group, why not consider coming together with your other group members to send your leader to be a part of this special leadership weekend? You'll not only bless your local group leader, but give them the infilling and encouragement to keep pouring into the families in your community. 
To learn more about this retreat in October, go to bewildandfree.org slash groupleaders. Now back to Robin Robertson and Jennifer Pepito. A lot of parents are just worried, oh, my kids aren't going to get into college or my kids aren't going to meet the state standards. How do you answer those questions for parents or even yourself? Well, that that's a great question. I think of, well, there's, here's the thing. It's, there's so many ways. And I think being a home educating family, you start to, after many years, I'm sure Jennifer, you understand that you start to look at things differently and understand that there isn't just one way and that there's many different ways to do things. So one of them is college. Uh, If you don't attend high school, that doesn't mean that your opportunity for college is over. There's many ways to get into college and at many different times as well. Here in Canada, it's a little bit different from the United States and entry, but there's still opportunities to attend if you haven't gone to high school. You know, and they have, you know, I think they want students as well. And they want students who are going to be dedicated and do well because it looks good for that institution. It looks good for the college university. So if you're a student who is already had experience in the world, who knows what they want to do, who, you know, who is focused and is ready to be there and do that kind of work, they probably will have, you know, they, they would like to have you as a student. The other thing as well as I think, you know, sometimes the college question or the college answer, again, it's one of those paths that we think that has to be the measure of success. When we look around and there are people who have not attended college or university that have reached many different levels of success, however you want to measure it, measure it. So it's not the be all end all of life. You can still do so many things without college or university. You know, my, you know, my thing I always recommend is, okay, maybe that's a vision you have for whichever reason, maybe you didn't go, maybe you did go and you had certain experiences and you want your kids to have that, or maybe you feel like they have to go in order to be able to have certain opportunities. But number one, right now the world is shifting and access, knowledge, information is shifting as well. And it is so much more accessible. And there are opportunities happening that are outside of the college or university scheme that many are able to tap into. There's, you know, there's other alternatives to college that are cropping up as well. And then I think of things like how many business owners I'm connected to. And I, when we talk about hiring practices and they so often say, look, you know, here in my organization or my company, my business, I don't, you know, having a certain degree is not going to guarantee you success. So many times they say, I want someone who can be independent and take a job and take off with it and not wait for me to tell them what to do, to tell them how to do this checklist, how, you know, and, and, you know, to waste my time and money. They want someone with initiative more often than not. They want someone who can think outside of the box. So employers are noticing that many graduates are coming out of college or university, not able to fulfill the qualifications for what they need for their job, especially as, as the workforce is changing and evolving. And then I think of something like my son, who at first he was thinking about attending college or university because he wanted to go into sciences, like animal sciences, biology, things like that. But then as he started getting real life experience, he started to realize that what he was learning was essential. 
and he was learning it at, in real time as he needed it. And things like guiding and things like that, nature, um, even starting a business, he decided right now, he said, you know, I know it's, I can always go back if I want to, but right now what I'm learning is essential. I can sit in a desk for four years or I can be out in the field doing exactly what they're, the theory of what they're talking about. And as he has more real world experience doing those things, he's connecting with people that are experts in the field who are sharing their expert information with him. And he's like, would I get this out of a textbook? I don't think so. So, you know, it's something that we really had to really look at and say as well, like this is, you know, he, this is what he wants to do and this is what we, how we support it. So, yeah. And I think you're right. Yeah. We're in, we are in such a shifting time where there is a real decentralization of money and knowledge and information. And so I think we do have to start looking outside of the box in a way, you know, do we want to saddle our children with thousands of dollars of debt Mm -hmm. or do we want to let them apprentice or find some alternate way, especially when we evaluate what is the long-term goal for our children. You know, I want my children to be able to have a full life and I want them to be able to be connected with, with a family and have good relationships. I want them to be able to provide for their needs and and have some extra to give. And that could happen with college or without college. Um, my, my three oldest so far, one got a, is working still on a Juris doctorate. One is one got an undergrad and has a great job providing for his family and another one's in the Coast Guard. So they've all done kind of alternate routes and maybe the next one won't go to college at all. I think our own opinions about that have shifted as well in the last few years. But I do, I can see from experience that you could do a very alternate high school route, not mess around with credits hardly at all and still get a great college degree if that's what you want. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think as well, and I think that one of the practical, because people will also say, well, what about things like they want to be a lawyer or an architect or a doctor? And you do need a university education for that university degree for that. But then I also think of our family doctor here. He was an electrician for years. He raised his family and he went back to university to get his medical degree and medical license when his youngest child was attending university. And he's a very, he's an excellent doctor here in our community. He's well-respected, he's well-loved. And I think, you know, like that right there is a fantastic example of someone who said, you know what, I'm ready for a change. This is what I want to do. And it's not too late. And he did what he had to do. He got his degree. He actually had to go kind of an alternate route as well. He actually had to go to another country and then back, but he did it. And he's a wonderful doctor who services our community well and our family well. Uh, so I think that, you know, there's so many examples now as well, where it's like, it's, it's also not too late. You can right. change your mind. We have so many careers ourselves, right? It's not, it's, right now, it's, it's not like it used to be where you choose one thing and you stay that forever. So many people are shifting and changing over the years too. Yeah, it's such an inspiring story. And I think that, you know, as parents, we can let go of some of those fears that are keeping us from having a relationship. Because what what is really lost, I think, in high school, when we pursue a traditional path of lots of textbooks, lots of hours in study, what's really lost is relationship. We don't have time to connect with our children anymore. Mm. And we kind of just let those high schoolers go do their thing. 
And it often leads to burnout on their part and a broken relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's it's great that you mentioned that too, the power of connection, the importance of connection and having the opportunity and, and chance to do that. Because when we also think about things like you mentioned burnout, but the other side, you know, the worries about our teens going off the rails, you know, or, you know, our teens getting into trouble or doing something that is dangerous or, you know, making poor choices, so many times if we have that opportunity for connection to say, you know, I'm here, I'm present, um, you can come to me and ask questions. We can connect. If you have certain concerns or fears, I'm here to, you know, to be a support and a guide and a sounding board as well. So I think sometimes we remove society thinks that at, at those high school years is a time to remove our parenting more so uh, when I think actually we can still be more present I, what happens, I think many times is our teens fill in those those gaps with their peers when we as parents can still be present and connected with them and take that chance to continue building that relationship with these wonderful young adults in our lives. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's such a precious time where they are so interesting and you can have so many great discussions with them. Oh, I love Why it. would we, out of some kind of fear that we're not socializing them, deprive ourselves of relationship with these fantastic people? Yeah, absolutely. And they are fantastic people. Like, I love, I, you know, my youngest is 12. She'll be 13. But they're so interesting. Like, I love chatting with them. They're so interesting. And the other thing, too, is, you know, they have their friends as well. I mean, they have actually have quite a few school friends. I, You know, people are always interested to learn that they have a lot of their close friends go to school. But what I found is their social circle, especially with school friends, are connected through their interests, their, their interests, you know, sports or activities that they do. And that's how they've connected with their friends. And, you know, all of those kids are so interesting. You know, I love chatting with them because they're also a part of my kids as well. And they share those interests. And, you know, the teen years are great. <laughs> I, you know, I think that they just bring so much joy and curiosity to, to our world. And I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah, it's such a joy. And I, I hope that families are inspired to consider an alternate route with their high school students after listening to this conversation. Thank you, Robin. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Wild and Free Content Bundles this week. Your membership includes not only this month's new Spark Bundle and last month's Wings Bundle, but you'll also get our recent Dallas conference recordings, plus a monthly print magazine in the mail. To take advantage of this special offer, go to bewildandfree.org slash bundles. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But join us again next time for the Wild and Free podcast. <laughs>